0: Just um we're gonna have to edit this. I'm sorry I trailed off. Uh, no. <laughs> sorry, sorry.
1: Perfect. We got something for the opening credits. Yep.
0: Welcome back to the Hollywood Video Guys podcast. This is your host, Randy. And to my left is Mike. And to my right is Donny. All right, we got all that squared away. That's we're off to a great start, gentlemen. So far, it's more so of a good. triangle though. <laughs> so, New Year, same us, same us. That's <laughs> right. Any New Year resolutions? <clears throat> uh, probably watch more movies.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, you know my New Year's resolution. I decided this will be funny because it has nothing to do with movies at all. But I'll be honest: was to be the healthiest I have ever been in my life is what I decided. Not like lose this amount of weight or do this or that just be the healthiest inside and out that I could possibly be so I got a lot of different ideas for how that's going to happen but uh, I I thought
0: it would be really cool and it's probably going all out the window when we go to get lunch
2: after this. Mm-hmm. No,
1: well, that's what I said. It doesn't have to be about like you know I have to lose this amount of weight or yeah. I have to do that. It's that's about a, being that's healthy. That's
2: kind of a broad line too, because it's like the healthy <laughs> could have been still could have been slightly unhealthy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: But it, it it's a attainable goal, easy to to get, and I feel like I can I can do it. I can I can measure up.
2: It's achievable. Yeah, Plus, exactly. we don't want to start anything on a negative note either.
1: Right. Exactly. It, it felt like a a nice goal to have, in which I can kind of define it as I go along a bit more and um it still was like positive for me you know yeah.
0: Oh, that's good so um i did want to get back to our last podcast we did which was the best movie this year of the year 2023 yeah. 2023 and when we recorded it it was what early december or mid mm-hmm. like it was right before christmas yeah it was now, ar- no, i don't know december, so a week yeah. or two yeah i don't know about you guys but I, I watched a good chunk of movies after that before the new year
1: I've seen more movies in the past three weeks than I have in the last three months. <laughs> yeah. I just had more time.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that's true. Have the time off of work, have the inclination to do so, yeah. got, got to go to the theater and see a few good movies. Mm-hmm. So was there anything you saw that you would add to your best of at the end of the year? I know we're going to at least share two movies that yeah. we saw that would absolutely be on there.
1: So there is one that we didn't, that we didn't have. Uh, well, there's two, I should say. One of them that I can't believe I forgot. This has nothing to do with the movies I've watched recently, but this is one that I was like, "How did I omit this from the list?" Was uh, Puss in Boots, um, the new the newest Puss in Boots? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was
0: the animation was nice. The
1: animation was insanely good. It was like a comic book level of good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story was great. I loved how they dealt with things like anxiety and uh, you know like fear of death and all those. Um, the acting was great. Uh, John Mulaney as Little Jack Horner was so funny and. I don't know. I just love the movie. I can't believe I forgot all about it because it uh, I got reminded of it uh, last week and I was like, oh my gosh, why did I not put this on the list? It was so good. Go see it. If you haven't seen Puss in Boots yet, go see it. It was really good.
0: I had a, another movie like that where I just completely plum forgot <clears throat> about, but I watched it like two or three times. It came out the beginning of the year last yeah. year and that was uh, weird. The Al Yankovic story which I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good send-off of a lot of those biopics where it's parodied only the way Weird Al could.
1: Yeah, I haven't it, seen it, but I I heard good things. It
2: was really good. Mm-hmm. I liked it.
0: Yeah, I think it, it trails off a little bit in that last like quarter stretch,
2: but... It's still uh, entertaining throughout because it's also this Weird Al. Exactly. So it, it, it's, it's good enough. It,
0: Daniel Radcliffe playing it like he's trying to get an Oscar. is just It makes it so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then um uh, we at least you and, you and Mike, you and I, you and, I <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> pronouns. and our other friend Matt, we went to go see Godzilla Minus One shortly after recording this podcast. God, that was so good. That was so good. I was so blown away. I
1: knew it was going to be good. I had heard good things. I was really excited to see it. But it met and exceeded all expectations I had for even just a Godzilla movie.
0: Yeah, it... it- completely crushed any expectations I had. Like it, I I was not expecting to be that thoroughly entertained and coming away from that thinking, this is one of the best movies I've seen this year. Yeah, it really was. Like it was... It is Godzilla. <laughs> really easy for me to say that was the best kaiju movie I've ever seen. A hundred percent, yeah. It, it, and there is no comparison because unlike a lot of those other movies, what made this movie so good was the human element. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, You. you the... Godzilla was just the catalyst for the other things that were going on in the movie, really, and um, I don't know, I just, I loved every minute of it. I thought Godzilla was, like, really well done. I thought, obviously, the stakes involved were amazing. The way they, like, defeated Godzilla was awesome and, like, made sense and everything. That was really cool. Um, it was a great movie. Yeah,
0: great. Uh, probably the best use of $20 million I've seen mm-hmm. in a movie.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, It was crazy that it was only made for $20 million.
0: And then another one I saw in the theaters not too long after that, absolutely on my best of list for the year, The Iron Claw. Was that a 2022 movie? No. It's 2023. 2023. No, oh, sorry. It did sorry. Did I say 2023?
1: Out. Is it a 2023 or 2024? No, that's it came
2: 20, out late 2023. Yeah. yeah. I saw okay. it right before
1: Christmas. Okay. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I saw that's it. That's when I saw it too. Yeah. I saw it. Uh, the, I think that early. I saw it
2: on, on on New Year's.
0: Yeah. We'll just pretend you saw it on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And we can talk about it that way. There you go. <laughs> we don't need to have uh, this conversation again at the next year's well, podcast. Yeah. To be
2: fair, we saw a lot movies in our best of that were in 1982. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. It's but, a silly quality. You're good. I'm going to put it on my. Best of 2024 yeah. list. Yeah, you exactly. You can, yeah, you have something reserved there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but yeah, the Iron Claw, the the retelling of the Von Erich family and, and all their tragedies. Just if you're a wrestling fan, you absolutely have to see that. But. I definitely know that you don't have to be one in order to enjoy this movie because it's a very human movie.
1: Yeah. I took my mom to go see it and she's not a wrestling fan, but she loved the Von Eric's growing up or not growing up. She was in her twenties when they were like really famous. So she remembers them and she remembers like a lot of the story. Like, she, was, she was like, I remember this match. Like I remember watching this match and things like that. So, uh, she's like, and I always wondered what happened to them. Cause I never, I never really knew what happened. I never heard about any of the things that happened to them. So she was like, I was amazed to hear what happened to all these guys. Cause I had no idea idea
0: yeah i was only familiar with them because of the tragedy mm-hmm. because you know obviously i I don't have a lot of memories of the von Erichs when tornado. i was growing up texas tornado i do v- v- kind of vaguely remember but he wasn't around for very long no but it wasn't until i was a little little bit older and reading like a pro wrestling illustrator or something and they talked about all of that and i was just thinking like whoa what what a rough rough hand they got dealt yeah How'd,
1: yeah
2: how,
0: you saw this one too right
2: Done. uh i did it was uh one one of the few movies i saw in the theater so i'm pretty selected which means it has to be a great movie and this one I was definitely looking forward to since i'd heard of it yeah uh i was little so i initially thought that zach efron was cast as carrie von eric because he had that build yeah and then it tripped me out when i saw it that it was um jeremy allen white as carrie von yeah. eric so i think uh it, it's definitely one of my favorite movies i'd seen in you know in 2023 I Would easily rewatch it, and it's another movie where I think it actually would have benefited from another like 20 30 minutes runtime. Which mm-hmm. usually I'm complaining about how movies are too long. And this one, maybe for budget or whatever the case might have been, I was like, you know, they rushed through a lot and they had to they even cut out one of the Von Erics because he didn't have time to talk about his story. And I think it was like also at that point, not to belabor tragedy, but it was also almost redundant
1: where it's like, oh god, another
2: yeah,
0: one, like, yeah, the the story- they had to cut a brother out of the film because, well, we can't have the exact same tragedy that happened with his other brother. Yeah. yeah. It was but it was, it's still part of the
2: story that would have been nice to have been told because yeah. it's not necessarily trying to make it a bigger impact. It's just the fact that it was Kevin's story mm-hmm. and it is part of his story. It's just, they didn't have time for it.
1: Yeah. I'm with you, but uh, it's,
2: it's the only soft spot. I think we can all agree on was uh, the casting for Ric Flair was one of the worst things uh, so bad. I've seen in a while. You immediately remind me of um, Ashley Schaefer from Eastbound and down. Which it felt I like he the, that um, yeah,
0: he, he did remind me of Will Farrell and he, He's pounding down. Yeah. It felt a lot like young rock level casting of famous wrestlers. Yeah, like C
2: tier, almost a joke.
1: But even, yeah, even then it was like this guy didn't even know who Ric Flair was, like the way he was acting and talking. It's like, did someone just briefly describe to you what Ric Flair acted like? And then you're just like, all right, I got it. And that's really, you
2: know, it's a small, weak spot. He's only there for a couple minutes. Yeah. It's just as a wrestler, like most people who maybe you don't know Ric Flair, you may not care. But for us, like we grew up watching him and you know well, it almost takes really you out stuck of it out. Yeah. yeah it takes it you looked out of like, it looked like the guy had been watching his promos and was trying to perform versus trying to be Ric Flair, you yeah. know? And it, it was it was just weak. But well, again, it, that was like the one soft spot of the movie. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk about it. But, but
1: also, in in addition to that, you're right because the other casting is so good. Like every other yeah. wrestlers, the guys who play the, the Freebirds, they looked exactly like the Freebird. The dude who played Terry Gordy looked exactly like Terry Gordy. Yeah,
0: Harley Race was yeah, Race, really, yeah, played Harley, really, like really good dead ringer.
1: Yeah, so all of those guys are good and they acted and sounded like them. So then having maybe the most important wrestler of that era, not, you know, who was in it, not even look or sound the same was so yeah. out of, I, out I, of I think imagine. a lot of that
0: is the flamboyance of Ric Flair. Yeah. That it's going to be really hard to make you think this is, this is Ric Flair. Because yeah. You know, but no, but it's even not. The,
2: his vocal cadence and how, you know, his mannerisms. yeah, more he, didn't yeah like, he didn't sound anything. Yeah. Even the woo sounded like a half hour. <laughs> yeah, right? It was like, bad. It was so the bad. The one thing you could get right as an actor or an imitator is, is the, is Ric Flair's woo. And mm-hmm. like, he couldn't even get that right.
1: Yeah. It was just not good, but it, uh, take that out. Everything else is brilliant. Yeah, I
2: loved it. I would I would rewatch it again. Like I'm waiting for it to come out. It's coming out in February, I think, to digital. So oh, I'll definitely yeah. be watching it.
0: Yep. Hollywood Video guys approved. Feel bad movie of the year. Feel bad movie of the year. Uh, so Michael, we have any of our millions of listeners send in anything to us? Uh, yeah. Actually. We have a, a Gmail, right? As, yeah, we got as as a letter we struggled from, from our postman. I yeah, <laughs> figured out <laughs> the domain as we struggled to spit out the email address.
1: Yeah. Um. So. Again, hvgpod at gmail.com. That's hvgpod at gmail.com is our email, our official email. Uh, And I got sent this from Chase, who uh, is a long-time listener to the show. Uh, And he was talking about his favorite movie of 2023. And he said it's hands down Wonka. Uh, not sure if it counts as it's still out, but yeah, it definitely counts. It came out in 2023.
0: Yeah, if you saw it in 2023 for You're the good. first time, it counts. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, he said, I've seen tons of movies in theaters and loved just about all this year. Uh, movies and shows, easily entertain me. But I don't think there are anything comparable to Wonka. I've just felt pure joy both times I watched it opening weekend. He watched it twice opening weekend. Bring him. Uh, it said bring a musical. Being a musical was a pleasant surprise as it wasn't really marketed as a musical. Uh, the performances of both the main and supporting cast just kept everything lively. It was simple, fun, and brought uh, uh, even remind uh, sorry it even remained joyful even during the not as happy parts of the movie. And he said, "Thanks, and I'm way behind on your episodes, and I need to catch up on y'all's podcast, Chase." <laughs> Thanks, Chase, for saying that. You, in. Chase. So, oh, wait, it's a musical. Apparently. I've never seen that. I can't tell
0: you. So what is going on with Hollywood where they decide to make movies and not actually market them as to what they are?
1: I think they're nervous that if they let you know it was a musical, you may not want to watch
0: it. Yeah, right. It, absolutely. Because that Mean Girls, the um, well, that's a musical previews too. for that. And I was thinking like, oh, it's like a it's like a reboot, you know, The Next Generation Although it's strikingly similar to the original movie. I'm pretty sure that is the exact same scene as the original movie. What is going on here? Yeah. And you look it up. Oh, because it's based on the Broadway play. It's a musical. Someone said it's kind of
1: both. They based it off the Broadway play and the original movie, and it's like, okay, that's really confusing. Can you just tell us what this is?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, you guys remember the movie Into the Woods. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, that's, so, that's a musical. so that was not marketed as a musical. Oh, but that, right? but it a is famous a musical. musical that's like okay, saying, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> here's the thing: is when you know my girlfriend and I at the time we went to the theater. Yeah we went in blind, sing into the woods it was like you know it's like a disney movie, i think some right uh it was yeah marketed mm-hmm. it's not like, original we'd disney movie we would seen things though. before that didn't really talk about as a musical mm-hmm. so yeah i would say it wasn't really advertised in the trailers so much <laughs> because when we saw it i don't remember hearing any musical notes but anyway like, we that's walked like, out cuz i'm not a fan of musicals that's
1: so funny you're like we went to fan of the opera and there was a musical in it it was wild i don't yeah, know how that I, I was not a fan
2: so so i didn't know and it, it's like it seems like it it wasn't advertised as such from where i call the trailers didn't really let that on at least the one i didn't see yeah
0: yeah hollywood please stop trying to trick the audience Just, there's plenty of musical theater nerds
2: out there yeah, that will come love to see it yeah I don't know if it's plenty enough to you know make a big deal at the box office though
1: I guess it all depends on the movie because some movies do really well as musicals and some movies do really poorly well
0: and also when that movie there's going to be the the success of the soundtrack and all the, yeah. the listens so there's a lot that yeah they can still profit off of
2: yep.
0: all right well now that we've got that covered it's a new year uh but we're gonna talk about some old movies. Let's do it. Yeah. So we've decided we all asked ourselves what's the like our favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Well, the problem is I'm pretty sure it's all the exact same. Or what's we his best s- role? Should we
1: say it on three? Yeah, let's <laughs> all right, go. All right. One, two, three. Terminator, Terminator two. two. <laughs> yeah. Terminator two all the way.
0: Yeah, and obviously it's his most iconic role. So we decided, you know, it'd be fun. We can we can do an episode where we talk about the Terminator movies. We can also just do an episode where we talk about Arnold and all of his movies that he makes that are not the Terminator. So that brings us to today's topic. Our favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that are not Terminator. We each picked one, and we're going to go by order of release, which means, Don, I believe you are up first. <laughs> What is it? Billy. What the hell is wrong with you?
2: I'm up first, and for this choice, Randy, so this is actually a lot harder than I think most people would think. Arnold, I think, uh, used to perhaps unfairly get, you know, sort of lumped in with like all the other big macho action stars of the 80s, but he's actually really diverse, and he has a ton of great movies. So I had to pick the most obvious one for me, even though I could have went with something like Jingle All the Way or The Running Man, you know, some of those <laughs> movies, uh, even Last Action Hero, but for me, the best non-Tremere movie... Is Predator in night from 1987. This movie was directed by John McTiernan. He did movies. Um, he did what did he do. He did like Die Hard, The Hunt for October, Medicine Man, uh, Last Action Hero, wow. uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and a Thomas Crown Affair. And this movie all about a team of commandos who are going out to the Central American jungle. Uh, they think they're going for you know t- to go rescue their the, the previous team that had been sent there, but it turns out there's something that's hunting them, and they have no idea what it is. They assume it's a it's a team of gorillas. They realize there's like no trails around, and they realize that they're being hunted by some extraterrestrial being that is very very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, Arnold Schwarzenegger's movie is you know he's like he's not quite as buffed out as you know as like the mid '80s. Like this is when it seems like he was slimming down maybe to get more roles in Hollywood. Mm. But uh, this movie is like full on action the whole way through. The pacing is flawless. I watched it last night and it felt like it went by in an instant.
1: It's very quick.
2: Yeah, like I, I remember all the beats of the movie. And then by the end, I was like, holy crap, like that's that's it. Like it was almost two hours, but it just flew by. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's flawlessly paced.
1: Yeah, I I also watched it this week. for the, Not for the first time. I've seen it much times. But for the first time in like a while. Um, yeah, and it's it's excellent. It's excellent
0: yeah I watched it again this this last week and um I enjoyed it more than i I thought I remembered enjoying it like i I didn't I never just this movie I always thought this movie was awesome don't get me wrong I like all of these movies that we're gonna talk about today um predator I felt at times would be a little slow, but then when I watched it again I realized no, you know it's actually it, like like Don said it is paced very well mm-hmm. Agreed.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, and other things. Just to give more context to what 1987 was for some movies, there was uh, the Running Man, Lethal Weapon, Full Metal Jacket, RoboCop, another top favorite of mine of all time, Beverly Hills Cop, and then movies like Fatal Attraction and Dirty Dancing were also on 1987. Yeah, yeah. So that was a pretty big year pretty big for year. movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this one stood out because it, it was on a budget of 15, 18 million. It earned 98 million at the box office, so it, it more than made up its budget in no time. And there was other actors that were in here were uh, Carl Weathers from Rocky. We all love Rocky. Uh, there was uh, Jesse Ventura, another wrestler, mm-hmm. <laughs> in his role as as Sergeant as First Class Blaine Cooper, who has like this giant minigun. He's the most ridiculous person. And there's a lot of ridiculous people in this movie. <laughs> yeah, everyone has an archetype. Like you got the skinny kind of nerdy guy who's like, you know, he's kind of uh, perverted in some instances. And you mm-hmm. got Carl Weathers and you have um, Sonny Lanham, who's the, the Native American, who, who's like his name is Billy and like he has apparently like a sixth sense. Yeah. He's like a track, you know, he he's has a like tracker. Native American tracker. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Like everyone has, a, has sort of a, a gimmick to him mm-hmm. and it's I just freaking love it. Like he's he nothing.
1: The biggest knife I've ever seen in a movie where it, it basically
2: becomes a sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how long it is. Uh, and some fun facts about this movie is that Van Damme, Jean-Claude Van Damme, another one of our pod favorites here. He was originally cast as the Predator. Yeah. And uh, at the time, you know, the Predator was like this, uh, he had like a goofy costume, like it looked really weird. Van Damme clashed with producers, apparently, because he didn't realize that it was going to be so stiff, like he wanted to be a little bit more combative. And like a little bit more athletic and Mm kickboxing-like. And uh, (laughs) their relationship ended when Van Damme went to the producer's office and had an argument. And he said, kiss my balls. And then he walked out. Oh,
1: Van Dam, he walked out on a fortune. Uh, I guess so. I think
2: he worked worked out pretty well because Bloodsport was the next year. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: He walked out of basically being a stunt double. Essentially, yeah, that's true. He's going to be underneath the mask, and yeah. no it, one's going to know it was. It, it ended
2: up working out much better though, because there's uh, Kevin, Kevin Peter Hall who plays the Predator, and he's so huge. Cool. Yeah. He's like seven feet. He's this. He he perfectly embodies the, the the lumbering giant Predator. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you have to have someone that would actually make Arnold look scary, scared. Yeah, and and that's what happens. This is actually one of Arnold's better jobs acting, as far as like you know, straight up action movie. Because this is really the only time you've ever seen Arnold, or that that era Arnold, being terrified. Yeah, well, y- yeah. sorry, go ahead. Go
2: ahead, uh, I was going to say, well, it's, this movie, it, it really, you know, hammers in the idea that it's like a, a predator hunting its prey. Because also the commandos that Arnold are leading, right, that's supposed to be the best of the best. So it's supposed to be like... Of anyone on earth in in the military, these are the guys you want to send in to go do a rescue mission. Mm -hmm. And they're scared because they can't figure out what's hunting them or or where where this thing is. Yeah, and
1: they do a really good job of that too. And so like Don said for the premise is that they're going in to rescue this other team that went down and like a diplomat or something like that. Right.
2: Or there's, yeah, there. Yeah. So, so Carl Weathers recruits Schwarzenegger. Like yeah, they need up and they have the iconic, uh, the handshake yeah, flex, the handshake thing flex where both their yeah. biceps are like bursting at the steroids. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, so he recruits him and then, yeah, he's, he didn't, he doesn't tell him what's going on. Carl Weathers just says, Oh, there's a rescue team. We have to, yeah. we're sending you to go get them.
1: And it's, that's another movie. I, I know we talked about this, uh, before when we were talking about other movies that we wish we had seen in theaters before, I wish I would have seen this movie without knowing anything about it. Yeah. Because it sets it up like a typical command, like because Arnold's like coming off Commando, right? At this point? Or... I forgot
2: if Commando's after this. I can't remember I, forgot which one, I, I can't always remember. forget which one came first. I think,
1: I think Commando either came out right after this, or right, but, but anyway, yeah. he's coming off that kind of action movie, so you think it's kind of be like another Commando. And they even kind of set it up where it's like, oh yeah, he's fighting gorillas in the, um, the nondescript Central American country. Yeah, he's a Vietnam
2: <laughs> War vet and everything. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so you, you f-
0: think last time he's a Commando, this time he's a predator yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah. and then um so they do a really good job of setting that up and if i had no idea what predator was about uh, i would think it's a commando movie and it slowly you start figuring out like yeah. oh shit, you don't even only-
2: see the predator for i think almost a full hour like what was it an hour 46 yeah. ish hour 45 i don't think for the first two-thirds of the movie you really see the predator like you kind of there's allusions to it, like it's pretty yeah. creepy when you hear it laughing, and you don't. You're like, what's, how's that happening? Or the glowing eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or you know, like it's shimmering, like like the light shimmering off mm-hmm. its camouflage. Mm-hmm. Like it's incredible. And then uh, Anna, she's the she's the one woman that they find there. She was like, she doesn't have a gun or anything, so that's also why they. That's the thing that they're doing here is Arnold's also learning about the predator, right? Because he's like, well, why isn't she dead? It's like, well, she's not armed, so there's no hunt. Like there's no you know, there's no combat there if the predator is hunting someone who's defenseless. Yeah. So Arnold's discovering and the team's discovering like what this thing is and what its weaknesses might be and how it's hunting them.
1: Because originally they went in to save that team or save the diplomat and some other people. And then they found out that Carl Weathers was actually getting them there to stop like a military invasion. They that's what like they were there for. Yeah. And then Carl's like, "Well, actually I wanted to find my team too. They were sent in earlier and then we haven't found them yet." So there was like all these different ulterior motives going on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's when all that fear starts setting in because all these guys are like, "What are we actually doing here? What's going on? Like who are we actually here well, to fight?" And the
0: the team them, themselves like Arnold explicitly states that, you know, they don't do this military interventionism or anything. They are a rescue team. Yeah. That's that's Mm -hmm. what they do. They they might be the best at what they do, but they don't want to get involved in politics. They just want to get people out safely. Yeah, they're almost
2: like mercenaries in a way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they basically are. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, Well, I was to say, one of the scenes that uh, I always tend to forget about that, again, like this... If, if there's movies that, like you said, that uh, I wish I could go back to see for the first time ever, just see the reaction, because I can't imagine what this was like in 1987, just beyond the, the visual effects and everything. But the scene where they find the flayed bodies hanging from crazy. the tree, right? The, the predator. So that's the other thing that raises questions, right? It's like, what would literally rip the skin off human bodies and then hang them by their by, uh, by their legs and their heads are gone, which we later discovered because the predator takes like the spinal column and the skull as like a trophy.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: I don't think it was marketed to hide the predator though. I don't. I I I never saw a trailer. Yeah, I'm not Uh, sure. I I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it was probably displayed prominently in the in the trailer.
2: My guess is how they would have done it, and maybe it's because I've I've seen the trailer. I remember it's like they probably done the the infrared thing, like the thermal, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like it's you hear that flickering on. So it's also kind of raising the question, like, well, what's what is that? Like, who's seeing who? Like, who's watching who? Yeah.
1: One of my favorite scenes in Lions is a little after that when they go and take down the um the gorilla headquarters. And he grabs that guy and puts him up against the post. Uh, or no, does he stab him? I can't remember if he stabs him or puts him. But he's like, "Stick around." Yeah, <laughs> that was like the best. <laughs> I just love the idea that you're in the middle of this war zone. People are dying all around you. balls are going off, and you still have the line to and still have all of that wherewithal to do a quippy one liner to a guy right before you kill him. Like yeah. that's the last so thing. Like you're also hear. fearing
2: for your life, and you, you, think, you think levity's needed. <laughs> yeah, <and you> know? <laughs> Stick
1: around. I was like, yes, yes, Arnold, thank you. Speak
0: uh, levity, remember. Uh, One thing I always liked about this movie was Shane Black trying to make the his teammate laugh with some dirty joke about his girlfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: that was so funny. It reminded me of uh, that Family Guy gag where where um, he's like talk, he's doing the same like perverse joke. Yeah, and he's like he has to repeat the punchline because he's like, oh, they don't get it, and that's like what he did. uh, Shane Black did in this movie where it's just (laughs) it's a Uh stupid joke, but he repeats like four times in case they didn't hear for some reason.
1: Yeah, Uh, what's his name? Jesse Ventura, man, he has some of the best lines too. that I ain't got time to bleed. Oh
2: yeah, that's a great one. Uh, there's a, a lot of one liners. It's a cold then, line. And <laughs> I read Arnold's favorite one liner from all of his movies is Get to the Choppa. Get
1: to the Choppa. Yeah. The yeah
2: this, pretty is, pretty uh, very this iconic. is
0: the most memeable uh mm-hmm. Arnold's movies. That's not Terminator. Like there's some memes there too, but I'ma have me some fun.
1: Yeah. I'ma have me some fun. That's like well, I remember that as a kid of uh, forever. And, and, and
2: then scene with Bi- uh not Billy, the um Billy, I think his name's what's his name? Um, Duke, right? Oh, yeah. Duke. Yeah. Uh, one scene I was remember when I was a kid is when he has like that razor and he's it like cuts he's like off. yeah what's well, like he's just shaving his, his cheek <laughs> yeah. for no reason like he's, it's just maybe it's like an anxiety thing or something it's just weird and then like yeah, he cuts himself with like this plastic razor it's like what, what are you yeah. doing right now? where'd you get that
1: long tall Sally yeah. <laughs> traveled
2: with it uh, yeah but and then. Culminating to the end, I guess we'll kind of get to the end, like the whole sort of last act where, um, Arnold is facing off with the Predator and one of the most awesome face-offs I think in, 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 any action movie.
1: Yeah. I wish it went a little longer. I think that's the only thing my only, it's really rushed it is cause it goes, it, it, that last third act is like really fast and it's like a bummer cause you want to see Arnold kind of fight this guy a He doesn't really fight the Predator, like fight him, fight him that much. I mean, I get, he can't couldn't. really, yeah. yeah, but he also doesn't
2: really fully see him too. I think he's the other side.
1: No, I just wish there was a little bit more cause it does, it kind of ends abruptly, um, but that fight is so cool. It
2: is. He he tries out smart the predator by um you know setting up like these, these booby traps and then he covers himself in mud, which is like such an awesome way to get around the thermal because he realizes that he has thermal imagery and it's like if if it's cold if it's mud he can't, he can't see, see him he it. can't pick him up. Uh. So and then the other side the other thing too we should mention is that they discover that they can kill it because it bleeds and it says if it bleeds we can kill it. Bleeds we can. Kill. Uh. So so the whole like last act I would say it, it, it's it's freaking great. Movie just kind of abruptly ends after that. Like it's just like all this chaos has happened. Like everyone's dead except for Arnold and Nana, basically. And and, and did Carl Weathers? die? I totally forgot already. He's dead. Yeah, he's, he's dead. dead. Yeah, they all died. So he gets his arm blown off, and, and then, then he gets. That's and right. Gets yeah. So. Yeah, it's dead. And it's like, and that's it. And the movie just ends, and that that's the whole story. It's like you you witness this this insane thing, rip people apart and play them, and then they just escape off in in a helicopter because what. Well, after the uh, self-detonation the too, nuke, which is Yeah, insane. the nuke. Yeah, he nuked himself.
1: Um, but it, yeah, it's just one of those movies which leaves you with a ton of questions. Like... Was that hunter, that predator? I should say. Was that a young predator going for like his first hunt, or was yeah. it an old predator? Like, where are we on the predator scale of what's like, What's it
2: doing here? How did it get here? Why is it here? Well,
1: you see in the beginning, there's like a mothership, and then yeah. it falls out of it. So yeah, it, it must be on like a hunting trip. Exactly. But I'm it's like, just... are we a dangerous game? Are is this pheasant hunting? Like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> we're,
0: we're a dangerous game, yes. Uh, not the most dangerous game, which would be the xenomorphs. And predator- mm-hmm. But uh, pr- l- later on, predator movies or the alien vs predator movies they kind of established that if they're here doing that they're probably uh just little trainees yeah they got this be. is basically their their little
1: quest because he was fooled pretty easily even the one thing where he wasn't fooled by he just immediately got fooled by something else like 10 seconds after he's like no you're not gonna get me on this yeah, one <laughs> like once
2: he lost arnold he, he pretty much lost him because he had that um it was like a javelin with explosive tip or something oh yeah right like predator didn't see that coming and yeah Maybe it was younger, right But either way, for me, this movie out of the whole series, this is the best in the series. Uh, I, I grew to not dislike part two as much. It's same, just weird. It's weird. Same. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's I, not truly it before, awful. But it's but, not. But, yeah. yeah, it's 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 definitely not. It's a weird. 1. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. And I would say my second fe- favorite movie in the series is uh, more recently was Prey, which I loved. Prey was awesome. Was really Prey
1: good.
0: was really good. Prey. Yeah. Prey might be my second favorite. Uh, it's, it's my second favorite in the series. There, by there's probably times that I would want to watch Prey more than Predator, probably because I've seen Predator a bunch, you know, mm. and, and everything. And. And I just thought Prey was so incredibly well done. Prey was sweet, yeah. It really was really good.
2: Yeah, Predator, from for though, um, it's one of those movies that uh, I can watch anytime. Like it's to, for me, like to, to put it, to get on my favorites list ever. Like I have to be able to rewatch it, you know, anytime, like just on a whim. And, and Predator's up there.
1: Yeah, and it, it's because there's really not a bad place to start it. Because it's like, okay, either I'm gonna start it at the beginning, or I'm gonna start it when they're fighting the gorillas, or I'll start it when predators start taking everybody out, or I'll start it when Arnold fights the Predator. Doesn't really matter where it goes. I know it's gonna be awesome from any yeah. any any point I start the movie
2: at. I wasn't actually to point out which uh I, I connected the dots after I was listening to it, but Alan Silvestri did the soundtrack. Mm. But he also did Psycho, which we talked about recently, and also did Back to the Future. And then like listening to Predator this time, I was like, wow, there are some there's a ton of similarities with the Back to the Future soundtrack, like with all the horns and like the, yeah. the, the, the snare and drums. I didn't realize they were that close to each other as far as, as music.
1: Well, even like Psycho, you know how Psycho has a theme, basically. It does. And, it play, and Predator has a theme, and it basically plays throughout whenever anything happens yeah. with the Predator. So uh, I get that. I get exactly what you're
2: saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's uh, all around, it, it's a top-tier movie for
1: Yeah. Me. I think my only, like I said, the only critique that I would have for it is I wish it was longer. Because there was like certain scenes with his um, commandos that I would have liked to see them fight the, like uh, what's the name, Native American guy uh, Billy I would have loved to see that scene with Billy I and know yeah, yeah, Billy I, is
2: pretty cool I know
1: Billy would have got his world rocked and that's fine but I would have liked maybe just two minutes of like some kind of knife fight with the Predator that ends with the Predator
2: just killing him that
0: but, but I think the whole point is that you don't you don't have two minutes with the Predator no yeah. I mean I get you it got, you got a
2: seconds. yeah I get it I get. but I get well, this also could show what else the Predator it has in its toolkit, too, yeah. Right? That's another side of things. Like, they did that in the later movies as well, but it's like it could have shown more like the um, I don't know if they if he used the blades, in he used he it a little, bit. A little uh, bit, yeah, bit. yeah. But it's like you know, yeah, it, it wasn't toy totally necessary, but it would have cool if they showed Predator killing someone in another way, like oh, th- he has this, he, ha- he can do this on top of everything else, yeah.
1: And that's and especially when they knew what it was eventually, that's I, I get at the beginning when they have no idea what they're going up against, how easily he takes them out, um, but. If Arnold could go against him, I don't get why other guys couldn't have at least, you know, had a, a second or two.
0: Because like, he didn't know for sure anything about, like, regarding the heat vision or anything like that yeah. until his team was dead. Yeah. You know, like, you're right. He didn't learn things until after then.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And then one last bit of, uh, of trivia for Six Degrees of James Cameron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the predator, was, the, the suit was originally commissioned. They, they gave it to another company. And they weren't so happy with it. Like, it looked more like a dog. And then um, the director reached out to Stan Winston, who Mm -hmm. worked on Terminator. Yep. And Stan Winston happened to be on a flight with James Cameron going to L.A., and at this time Stan Winston was sketching ideas for the Predator. And then James Cameron's like, well, I've never seen, you know, like an alien or or a being or with without you know with mandibles. Like, why don't you, you know, put that in there? Nice. And of course we know that to be as the final design for the predator with that insane like mm. mandible claw thing in his mouth. Yep. It's insane. So so again, it's James Cameron has his hands in this as well on top of on top of all the other old stuff. And Stan Winston and And all Stan these Winston, movies. of course, yeah. All well, Stan Winston movies. was like the effects guy for the, the 80s and 90s. It, through
1: yeah. like the 70s, 80s, 90s. Even in the 2000s, Incredible. he was still doing and stuff, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think the predator along with alien or the xenomorphs are probably like the coolest looking movie creatures,
2: and they still hold up. The Predator looks amazing, he it's looks 37 f- years later, awesome.
0: It's because it's all
2: you know practical, it's practical effects, That's yeah. Why. It's amazing. Like, it's I I, I know nostalgia is a strong drug, but there's just some things in movies that just look your nostalgia, it yeah. It's playing my favorite also, tune, Mike. Not, not, being on, <laughs> not being on screen so right much
0: to where you could. Speak pick out little flaws and, and yeah
2: it, like the xenomorphs yeah definitely are like that. they were a lot you know they're a lot more cognizant of like lighting and what they're showing and what not what you're they're not showing and well, it, it was it worked really well and that's because since it was
1: practical they had to hide it and so now that we have all the cg that like you can show everything and it looks so fake because you can show everything yeah. it's nice for them to be like okay we have to figure out ways make this to look
0: believable yeah yeah all right great movie so customer comes up to you and asks you about predator real quick we give them like a one or two sentences. What are you gonna tell them? Uh, an excellent, to put you on the spot. No, an
1: excellent right? Arnold movie with him versus a giant alien.
2: If you want to see Arnold take on an alien, this is the movie 10 out of 10. Yep, yep. I'll tap or give it 11 out of 10. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will tell them this is the manliest movie that's ever been made.
1: Yeah, it's the most machismo. It really, movie. really I, is. i
2: had read, I'd read that too. Actually, that uh, there was some sort of flex in literally in the you know behind the scenes where uh, Arnold and Jesse Ventura were like, were, yeah, we're comparing bicep sizes. And uh, <laughs> so I guess Ventura had said like was happy his arms were one inch larger than get, Arnold. Get out of here. And then Arnold, uh, you know, the wardrobe department measured them both, and the wardrobe department told Ventura it was actually smaller. But I guess that was because. Arnold convinced them to tell Ventura that. I love that. I love that. So <laughs> it's much. so 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 freaking dumb. But can you imagine like these just gigantic, Those dudes buffed were out
1: guys eating all the vitamins the eighties oh, had at yeah. their disposal? Because Carl Weathers looked in incredible. chief is yoked, super. Everyone's on was... the whole.
2: Hogan diet this in this movie. That was
1: crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> the level of mu- like they say in Always Sunny, the muscle mass alone. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely cultivating. <laughs> yeah.
2: Take off your papers and get trash. Oh, you don't get no spending cash.
0: If you don't scrap the kitchen floor, you ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety-yak,
2: yakety-yak.
0: Don't talk back. money. Excuse me, but I was just taking a shower.
2: Good singing.
0: <laughs> oh, I-, I baked you some cookies. Cookies? I-, I guess it was a dumb idea. No, not at all. I- I'm really looking forward to tossing them. <laughs> All right, so moving on from Predator, a classic movie. We move on to Mike, and not too long after Predator, Arnold made another movie that you're about to cover. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, my favorite non-Terminator Arnold movie is the 1988 classic Twins. Um, (laughs) This stars Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, who are both twins who were separated at birth. They were a part of an experiment to create the ultimate human being with the genetics of multiple amazing men and this one woman. But during the experiment, the uh, embryo split into two. And so they had twins. The There's a lot of like really cool themes in this movie and a lot of really cool ideas, but as just a basic comedy, it's just very funny. It's the first, I, I believe it is the first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie I ever saw. Uh, I might've been like four or five when I saw it. And I, I I didn't see I saw T two like pretty young, but I didn't see any of those other movies until I was in my teens. This is the first Arnold movie that I saw when I was like four or five, and I thought it was hilarious then. I think it's hilarious now, um, and yeah, I just loved it. What did you guys think of Twins when you saw it for the first time?
0: I couldn't tell you when I saw it for the first time, and I couldn't tell you if it was the first one of his movies that I did see, because like as far back as I can remember, I always knew who Arnold Schwarzenegger was, mm. and just seeing him. In movies was fairly common now we did own twins on vhs yeah I and i did watch it a lot as a child how about you don
2: uh i don't recall when i saw this i was definitely really young but also my dad is is a huge action f- movie fan so we watched anything arnold anything steven seagal right so this was definitely on the on the vhs rotation so i i, I managed i was probably like six or seven years old and I really loved it back then. Like it, it was definitely different than I'm used to for Arnold. Because again, I, I kind of yeah. grew up on like Terminator and 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 Predator and all those. So this was, you know, even at that young age, it was like, oh, it's weird. And I know Danny DeVito from other movies. And it's like taxi. just yeah. Taxi. Yeah, yeah, I watched. I'm a huge fan of Taxi. So uh, I loved it. But uh, you know, it was, it's definitely funny just on the first sight, right? Like you have the cover where it says it's yeah. twins. And the twin brothers are Danny DeVito <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, Even just visually thinking that in your head, it's already funny. <laughs> to kind of like give
1: the premise a bit more so you understand a bit better. So in that, uh, like I said, in that experiment, um, the embryo splits in two. And the whole idea, they Arnold is one is one of the twins and he grows up on a beautiful island 260 miles south, southwest of Fiji, as he says, uh, like a lot in the movie. But he grows up on this island with people who love and adore him. They teach him, like, all of the most amazing things. He learns, like, self defense and he learns philosophy, poetry, all this kind of stuff. Um, And he knows of his brother. Danny DeVito's character, he grows up in. An orphanage. No one loves him. No one to care for him. No one to take care of him. And he kind of turns into this terrible guy who's only literally looking out for himself. And he he boosts cars, and he's just kind of uh, you know he doesn't. He's really selfish. All those kind of things. And he doesn't know about Arnold, but Arnold knows about him. So Arnold goes off. He to finds find, out about him. Well, Arnold goes off to find him, mm-hmm. and kind of sets the whole movie in motion. What really sets this movie up is uh, Danny DeVito's character steals his car. And in the car is this tape for another guy who was supposed to take this car somewhere to be delivered. And it was going to give him a lot of money. And so Danny's able to get the the person who put that car all together to give him $5 million if he goes and delivers it on time. Oh, so, sorry. So uh, just hilariousness ensues. But I love this idea of, like, nature versus nurture in this where – the doctor basically says the reason why Danny DeVito is who he is is because he got all of the leftover garbage genetics, mm-hmm. fr- and and Arnold Schwarzenegger all the, got all the good stuff.
0: But it's more than that. He he got all the not just garbage genetics, but garbage hand that was dealt to him. Well, because he they literally just discarded him. Mm-hmm. Like here, let's just give him to this orphanage.
1: And that's one of the things that Arnold brings up to him after, Mm -hmm. because after they had this really—it's not fair. Yeah, they had this like terrible uh, interaction with the doctor who kind of ran the whole thing, and Danny is just Danny DeVito's character. uh, Was he Julius? No, he was. um, He was Vincent. Vincent, sorry, Vincent Vincent in the movie, and he's just really distraught. And Julius, who's Arnold Schwarzenegger, tells him, you know, you got to remember, I was raised on a beautiful island with people who cared about me. You had no one. No one cared about you. And he's saying like the reason why we need to find our mom is because it will be the, the missing thing that we all have in our lives and we'll be a family and we'll be happy. Um, so that's a really like poignant and really like well done part of the movie where you're like, especially
2: Gosh. when it's a comedy. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. is usually supposed to be just comedy all the way through, but there's depth to it.
1: And he's it, Arnold's great in this movie because it's a, it's a fish out of water story for him. And he's just so innocent and he plays that innocence so well that you're like, wow, this is really good acting. Yeah, like he's, even-
2: he's just totally naive and oblivious to things. Like he has some of the best lines in the movie just, yeah. just on his own because he's, it's like, he, there's a punchline. He doesn't get it. Like there's a point where Vincent <laughs> says, Money talks and bullshit walks, he's like, come on, Vincent. Yeah. How can bullshit walk? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or like when he's in the grocery store and he has that adult magazine and he's just like freaked out. And then Marnie goes and finds yeah. him and he's like, I didn't know that magazines had things of this yeah. inside of them. And also,
2: he's, you know, he's also like you say, he's supposed to be just brilliantly smart. And it's really funny because when the car alarm goes off, he lifts. That's one of the most iconic scenes from uh, when yeah. I was a kid. There's two scenes, but there's one where he's lifting the car because the car alarm goes off. Yeah. And he's he's talking in detail why the the alarm went off. He's like, oh yeah, if you tip the car up, the mercury switch or something yeah, goes off and it disarms toad. it. Yeah, yeah, it gets towed.
1: Or when he gets the driver, he's like, can I have the driver's manual? And he's like, yeah. She was like, what are you doing with your finger there? Learning to drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does the craziest stunt where he hits a curb and it makes his car go on two wheels, yeah, and he's like rolling down the road two wheeling it. That was yeah. crazy. This movie,
2: you know, I love how charming it is the entire way through. It it's is. really fun, it's and there's. The other scene that I recall when I was a kid that it's a small scene, but it's when they're um, having dinner out of the microwave, like the they're making like food. a yeah, <laughs> like he's learning the microwave food. And I remember like you know uh, Danny DeVito, Vincent, like you know nuking the lasagna or whatever they uh, had, and then teaching him how to put like cheese on it. I don't know why that he scene. Says,
1: the key to eggplant uh, microwave eggplant parmesan is. is extra parmesan. <laughs> yeah, right. Like
2: that scene was so iconic to me because I'd seen it so many times as a kid, mm-hmm. and it's also because like you know it's his brother, like they're kind of accepting each other, and he's teaching him like. It's microwave food, but it's like a teachable moment for him. You know? Yeah.
1: And and the thing with, with Arnold's character is he's so innocent and naive that he truly thinks that everything that Vincent is doing is because he loves him. Yeah, and like, he appreciates it. Because he loves him. So he thinks that he's doing it. But at first, Vincent is literally just using him to, oh, as for muscle. For sure.
2: And
0: I think that was probably my favorite part of the movie when I watched it as an adult. Because as a kid, a lot of stuff just flies right over your head. And, you know, like as a kid, I'm just like, ah, he's a little bit Vincent's a little bit of a jerk. And then as an adult, like, oh, no, he's a lot of bit of a jerk. Yeah, he's just
1: using him to save his own life. He's
0: literally making him an accomplice to stealing a car and and turning to him. And and as he's using a Slim Jim to open the car door. (laughs) Oh, I saw someone at the car club do this. Yeah,
2: that was so funny. He's like beginner's luck yeah, he, and, and just, just how
0: naive arnold is the whole time about
2: yeah, it yeah, he's just a, you know slime has to survive which is how he's lived but it's obviously the whole the other truth yeah. you know whole thing with the, the story is like arnold's teaching to be he doesn't have to be that way you know it could be more human and <laughs> not be a, a shyster the whole time
1: yeah so a uh, little bit of trivia for this movie before we kind of wrap it up but one of the things is so this movie was made on a budget of 18 million dollars can you guess how much it made this ballpark 287. Um, Lower, but close. I'm going to say it was like 110. Uh, Kind of average you guys out, and you'd be close. It made 216 million. That's still a ton for 1986.
0: That is Arnold's star power. Yeah. Well, here's the deal.
1: Here's the deal with this is that when they made it, uh, the studios didn't want to finance it because they were like Arnold in a comedy movie that's going to be terrible. Uh-huh. So Arnold, Danny DeVito, and um, I think it's Re- – is Reitman the director? Let me see. I think it's uh, – I got, I got it here. Yeah, Ivan Reitman, who's done a, a lot of really famous Ghostbusters and things like that. Um, and, but anyway, so he did this movie. All of those guys forego their salary, and they all instead said, we'll take a cut of the the profit Oh, wow. Instead. Uh, we won't do our salary. You get, you guys. Can, that's how you could, you know, basically film the movie. Is that if it does terribly, you don't have to pay us, and if it does well, we're gonna get. it. But, so all of those dudes got a huge pay. That's
2: insane. They all
1: bet on themselves and got a ton of money because they put, they they got all the profit. Well, they got a lot of the profits. They tied a lot. You of mean uh, gross. Yeah,
0: because yeah, if they said profit, then they would have screwed themselves because Hollywood would be like, "Oh, well, the marketing and everything." There was no, never oh, no, a profit. No, you mean gross sales? Like, uh,
1: no, no, I mean profit. But it, it was only made. The budget was eighteen million. And Even if you factor in another That's two or three million, million for for I don't ten million, they're still getting like a hundred million dollars to split events. All of them,
0: yeah. right? But what I'm saying is that usually you want to say gross because they will forever argue about what actually was profitable. The studio, well, I mean. Well, I don't know. I, that's
2: getting into semantics I had no idea about at that point.
0: No, that's a long-running uh, thing in Hollywood is to don't get roped into to pieces of the profit, go for pieces of well, the gross. It's just uh, no, it profit
2: on the
1: thing I <laughs> okay, read. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm
0: mean, i sure it was, but I just mean that like that is a famous thing that they do. But yeah, so they bet on
1: themselves. So that's one big piece, piece of trivia that I love. The other one that I really love is, do you remember when Danny DeVito and Arnold are getting ready for their... Um, for their date with Marnie and her sister. Tonight uh, is your night, bro. Yeah, that song. That tonight is your night, bro, doesn't exist. It was made up by by Danny DeVito because they didn't have the rights to anything yet. Oh, that makes and sense. And so they were just like, hey, just make up a song while you're doing this and we'll just put in another song later, and that's yeah. fine. Wow. And they just never did. So they kept Tonight is your night, bro, as like <laughs> his whole like, and he's just like, Tonight is your night, bro. Tonight is your night, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, and that was all made up on the spot by Danny because he they just had they're like, you just gotta do something. So I'd also
2: something. imagine back then too. It, it, you know people wouldn't recognize the song anyway like you know yeah. it's not like you go on the internet and try to google it and find out it doesn't exist you know
1: Yeah I always wondered if the song was real at first because I was like these are weird lyrics
0: <laughs> <laughs> No I never I never thought it was real I thought it was just him excitedly telling him he just had hey tonight is your night bro yeah. and he just made a little bit of a song about it
1: Yeah um yeah so that's the other bit of trivia for that movie overall like I think that if you've never seen Twins because you think it's a, a ridiculous premise and that you won't like it just watch it. You'll love it. It's so charming. It's so like wholesome and sweet. And, Arnold's really endearing, and he's so Arnold is very endearing. And I, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna say it's his best acting role, but it's a he. He's a good actor in it. It's not just him like you know lazily reading lines he's really committed to the idea of what this role is and maybe that naivety is easy for him but uh he does it so well it also
2: probably came from his own experience right because he grew up in europe right and it's like he was kind of a fish out of water when he moved to the u.s to become an actor and all that and a Mm -hmm. bodybuilder so he probably just used some of his own experience with it too is like things he didn't understand when he first came to the country so it worked really well like the premise is silly but it's it's just a fun movie to watch
1: yeah he's charming devito's charming Anything else you want to add to it, Randy, before we move
0: on? Oh, there's... there's I, I feel like we covered it all, although we didn't really so much even speak of the the main plot of the movie of all the people that are after Vincent.
1: Yeah, well, there's... uh, What's the name of the
2: bad the, guy? There's Webster, uh, who Webster. gets killed in the most insane way in the movie. Yeah, with, he like... He did uh, not know the fifth rule in a crisis situation. Yeah, Duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: 3,000 pounds the of like cable that, or not cable uh, it was chains, chains that
2: it was just chains. fell on him and it was like a i mean those chains kept coming it's like they really want to make sure like if if you're not sure he's dead no he's dead like there was like i don't know how much of what, it looked like a mountain of chains over him when he died
1: yeah and what webster was in what movie uh was he in, he was in total recall oh, total recall that's right yeah he's a famous he I, I feel like i've yeah, seen yeah. a lot of stuff he was the
0: the gym teacher in friday the third I mean, nightmare on elm street yeah part and, two. He,
1: and, and he was um he was in Starship Troopers. He was like that general mm-hmm. and Tro- but anyway, he's he's great. He's just like an assassin, but he's he's also pretty charming in in his assassin role where he's just trying to do a job and he just he's like I got my driving glove, got my driving cap, <laughs> yeah. got no car. And, uh, yeah, it's so a Webster and the like Delessio brothers or whatever their names yeah, are.
0: I don't. The only one of them that I recognize is the guy who later was on in a mystery Alaska. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They were great though. And then they just keep getting their butts kicked by Arnold over and over and over again. (laughs) Repeatedly. Yeah. 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 I
0: guess they had to do something so that Arnold could physically throw people.
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly. So that's where
0: this whole plot came from.
1: Yeah. They were the Greco. No, no. That was, um, you know who else is in this movie? David Carradine. It's like one of his first movies. Oh, really? He's the, the guy in the parking lot who keeps giving Danny DeVito information on cars to steal
2: that david was david
1: i not? Uh, sorry uh you mean uh you, uh sorry not david carradine david um caruso david caruso sorry did yeah. i say Carradine? oh my yeah, god you said oh, you and I, was I was like kung, Fu's in from kung fu sorry yeah no david caruso oh, Mr. CSI from himself. csi yeah. yeah he was it was Horatio. like one of his first roles was this movie. yeah he's the he's like the driving attendant in the in the parking lot yeah anyway derailed a little bit but great movie please go see it yeah, and, yeah, if
0: you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth the watch. You you do get to see Arnold's charisma on display, and Dana DeVito, as always, is entertaining. Mm-hmm.
1: His lost on my virginity face is pretty great. Yeah, I too, I
0: did I did find it humorous that uh, the Vincent character spent most of the movie dodging Julius, dodging these loan sharks, dodging these women who inexplicably have hooked up with him. A parade of beautiful women. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we didn't even talk about it, but like so. His girlfriend, or on and on, on again, off again, girlfriend, whatever, clearly too good for her.
1: Oh, yeah, she should have broken up for him. I'm sorry, she he leaves her literally stranded in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, total, total jerk. And
0: then I just want to shout out because as a kid, um, watching this movie and Marnie, yeah, the sister, I just thought was just one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And then as an adult, when I watch it again, and I'm like, oh. It's Jetstream herself, Kelly Preston. Mm, yep.
2: From she, that, she looks amazing For that not-great
0: movie, movie that we once saw. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> just looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, she was great
1: in that movie, too. And was, can,
0: I just can't imagine those sisters, like, lo- looking at ones with Arnold and the others with Danny DeVito. It kind of makes sense because they don't look like sisters at
1: they all. They don't. They don't look like they could even reasonably be considered sisters. It's like a
2: Jerry Springer episode or yeah. something, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs>
0: Is there anything you want to tell me before we start? Yeah. I'm going to kill you pretty soon. I see. How exactly? First I'm going to use you as a human shield. Then I'm going to kill this guard over there with the Patterson Trokar on the table. And then I was thinking about breaking your neck. And what makes you think you can do all that? You know, my handcuffs. Hmm. I've picked them. <gasps> 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 all right. So moving on, we go from that classic movie, Twins. We're going to go to my favorite non-Terminator Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And I do think that this is probably the last of Arnold Schwarzenegger's I'm the biggest star in the world, I can make any movie, and it's and it's going to be a big hit. Because after this, he kind of was on a little bit of a decline, but also the genre itself is in a decline. We're talking, of course, about his re-team up with James Cameron for 1994's True Lies. Great movie. Great movie. I got to see this in theater as a kid. The whole family went to see it. We all had a great time. You were nine? Yeah, I saw this movie in the theaters. <laughs> That's crazy. I saw a lot of movies in theaters. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the first R movie I saw in theaters was Rising Sun, but this wasn't an R movie, was it? I think yeah. it's PG. Oh. Is it R? It, I yeah, it's, PG- it's, it's R. It's, it's R. Oh, wow. It is.
1: Yep. That's why I was like, "Wow, you guys saw you saw an R rated movie when you were nine in And the mostly it's in for language, movie? I would say, because
0: it's not like the the violence is like particularly gruesome. No,
2: maybe some cursing and stuff, but it wasn't that bad.
0: So the quick plot synopsis for this, if you have not seen it, it's a fearless, globe-trotting terrorist battling secret agent has his life turned upside down when he discovers his wife might be having an affair with a used car salesman, while terrorists smuggle nuclear warheads into the United States. <laughs> um, this movie, uh, obviously, it was done by James Cameron, and James Cameron doesn't usually miss. I felt like this movie was a big hit because it felt like one that the only movie that James Cameron made that he didn't take entirely
2: too serious. Not at all. I think there's a lot mo- to me I, when I was watching this over again, it reminded me a lot of the, like the Mission Impossible movies like those action movies, action spy movies you see now mm-hmm. where it took some of the humor and some of the seriousness and you know all the thrilling action scenes except this was, you know, 1994 not 2024.
1: Yeah, it was definitely James Cameron like poking fun at himself. Which is cool. Cool to see.
0: Yeah, it, it pokes fun at the whole spy genre, but not overly so. Not to the point. Like we were talking about it earlier, and you mentioned that it's it doesn't do it to the point where it feels like it's a satire.
1: Yeah, it's not like a last action hero where last mm-hmm. action hero is like making fun of it. This one's poking fun at it, right? Yeah, like it's yeah, yeah, ways. it's it's yeah. winking at it, but yeah. it, it's
0: also having fun with those tropes. Yeah, because this is probably like the character of Harry Stamper by Arnold is probably him at like his coolest, aside from Mister Freeze his most suave like, and, and I thought he did a really good job at, at being that kind of classical spy in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. It's no. definitely
1: his most least for me, like the least likable character that he's ever had to. <laughs> yeah, just
2: it's a, a mixed liar. Bag. <laughs> yeah, he, His wife doesn't know he's been a spy this entire time through that he, entire marriage. He, he's it's so really bad to
1: her. I, I just like this movie, man, how did he, they not get divorced. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's, so- it's
2: just funny. Like, and it's also like the whole premise that he thinks, you know, she's cheating on him. And yeah. it's like, Arnold, like, I don't know, like, once you have a better sense of this? Like, you've known her. You're the one lying to her this whole time. <laughs> uh, I
1: love when that, when he finds that out and he just, like, walks into oncoming traffic because <laughs> he's yeah. so stunned by it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Tom Arnold has to console him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let, let, let's reel it back a little bit because we're talking about his wife. And um, this movie, she actually got co-lead uh, star billing. It was mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis. It's personally my favorite, like, role for Jamie Lee Curtis, from an acting perspective, because of all that she does in it, I do think that Laurie Strode from Halloween is her most iconic character, but she doesn't have as much to work with in that those movies as she does in this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think even she said that this movie and this film was probably the best experience because it took advantage of everything she can do, because she yes. doesn't think, you know, too highly of herself, she doesn't think she's particularly gifted at certain things. Crazy, she clearly is. But this movie like got to maximize everything that she can do it did
2: because if you look you know at halloween then you see movies like trading places where she was amazing in that and then all the other movies she's kind of done since then. this is like this is representative of her range and uh she definitely was you know a big spot in this movie i think her and tom arnold and arnold are like my favorites obviously because they're really like the three leads in this movie mm-hmm. uh but they they fit perfectly i thought it was it was really well cast
0: yeah i i, I think that she's a very big reason why this movie is my favorite non-Terminator Arnold movie. It's because of the dynamic with her and Arnold and her and her family. So, as a kid watching this movie, I thought that, wow, I didn't have any idea Jamie Lee Curtis was such an action star. Now, she famously did As a her... kid, you thought that? I mean, yes! i think because i like totally believable that she was, she was doing this. Yeah. Like, I wasn't I wasn't that familiar Jeez. with Jamie Lee Curtis at the time. I hadn't seen Halloween yet. What an action star. I'd seen
2: Training Places, ironically. I was I, only like 10 years. Old. Yeah, yeah. I'd seen that before
0: this movie too. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Sorry, keep going. Didn't mean okay. to catch you off.
0: No, I, I was just saying like when I grew up, I thought that she was an action star because of this movie. I don't think I connected that. but also, I never once stopped that. At but the same yeah. time, like, you also I also never saw it until this morning. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> true. <It's a laughs> that's true.
1: But like, you're saying she's an action star. Did you never see her in anything before that? I can't recall. That
0: was a long time I, ago. I don't remember
2: what I saw of her in the movie at the time because I was also like nine years old. I don't, I don't fully yeah. remember. Like, I, I do remember renting this again at the warehouse. That was our, our, our favorite rental store. And I remember loving it, especially, like, the, the hairier scene and everything. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know what my perception was. I can't – it's hard for me to think of, like, what I, I perceive each actor as. R-
0: remember, back back then, a lot of her movies were – uh, there was a lot of nudity and everything in there. So it's not exactly something I was going to gonna see. Like, a lot of those expo- – Did you just see an R-rated movies? movie
1: in the theaters and what this movie is? What? You just saw an R-rated movie in the theaters, you said, when you saw this movie. Right,
0: but there's a difference between True Lies are and, like – Prom trading night are, are or trading places are. All
2: right,
0: all right. <laughs> yeah, Trading places, uh, But it's, so a,
2: it's a fun R. Yeah.
0: Do you really consider her an action star in this movie? I'm saying, as a kid, I got the impression she must be an action star because she got co lead billing. She did her own stunt. Like she, I was thinking, oh, cool. This she's like the the female Arnold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs>
1: I just can't I can't wrap my head around this, but okay.
0: Because you didn't see this until this morning,
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you saw it earlier. I, your than initial impression um,
0: of Jamie Lee Curtis no, like was I'm not saying, being in a
2: big action movie. Yeah, for, I can't say like I don't remember what I thought. Of that. Like I didn't. I <laughs> for, from my perspective as a nine year old. I was like, sorry. oh, I'm going to rent the game on Super Nintendo. I didn't think, uh, oh, you know, X like Jamie Lee Curtis was from X from whatever movie I'd seen before. I, an action movie. I don't keep know. going. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, no, I, you've, you've already thoroughly <laughs> derailed that. So sorry by not
0: understanding me saying that this role made me think she yeah. was like an action star or it's not even that big a deal. I don't remember. <laughs> I may have known who she was, but I couldn't like, come tell on, you the first movie I saw. Of come first. on, Come on, now. Come on, really? 1994. And we Randy. really did this? Remember, kids are dumb. I've yeah. said this many times on the podcast. You, you work with a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, the not only did I love the casting of Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie, but the the rest of the cast that rounds it out. This is my along in addition to being Jamie Lee Curtis's favorite role of hers from an acting perspective. It's easily Tom Arnold's. I was about to mention that is not (laughs) saying much. Yeah, I was
2: about to ask, do you think this is Tom Arnold's best role? Not that that there's a bar. Otherwise, but this is the only movie I think I can stomach him for longer than you know. This is by far
1: the. I was telling Ray that this is by far the only movie that I've ever watched. Tom Arnold in ever any movie where I didn't go. God, yeah. he's so annoying. He, he
2: fits <laughs> this role because he is that spastic, annoying prick. But he's yeah. also you know Arnold's right hand spy man and um his his buddy. But he also I'm saying perilous like the newer Mission Impossible movies. He's like Simon Peg, but yeah. not not Simon Peg is like you know, cool and great, but. Terminal is kind of like that that sort of antithesis to Arnold, right? Like he's less serious but he still backs him up and everything. Yeah,
1: and it it's the role perfectly, perfectly for him and he's very good at it. He's he is, very like funny.
2: he has I laughed so hard cuz I, I I hadn't seen this. It has to have been since uh, I guess it came out on DVD cuz it just came on digital uh, in December for the first time in, you know, ever. Really. Yeah, it was on Peacock when I watched it. It so. was on Peacock. There you go. So so um so I you know, I'd seen it like 15 20 years ago whatever and I forgot the Tom Arnold saying uh it shows how much of a, of a bad person he is, but he's talking about his ex-wife. Oh, taking that. Yeah, because Arnold is telling him, he's like, he's <laughs> he, he kind of like venting him, like trying to yeah. lean on him for advice. He's like, I think my wife's cheating, blah, blah, blah. And Charles, rather than, you know, try to talk to him, you know, objectively, he's like just like reinforced, like, well, I don't know. My ex, you know, she when when you know, I came home one day from work, she took everything. She took the ice trade. What bitch takes the ice tray out, out of the freezer? Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like such a ridiculous be. story that you know this guy's trying to tell you. Like, is my wife cheating? I mean, he's like, telling me, he's like, yeah, probably. I mean, they'll do that.
1: Well, he, he the first thing he does when he says my wife's cheating on me is he hugs him and goes, "Welcome to the club, pal." <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah. So it's like, it's funny that he's just that oblivious to his, to himself. Like he's not self aware at all. And he's just, is like such an awful person.
1: Yeah. And he's, he's trying to console him, which is like really funny. But then he's also very honest with him where he's like, well, what did you expect to have happen? You never, you never hang around with her and you never treat, you know, you don't yeah. treat her very well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tom Arnold literally has to come up with covers and get stuff like postcards mm-hmm. or all these other things for him to cover and lie to his family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now, the person that Arnold believes that she's having an affair with, named Simon, played by Bill Paxton, probably my most enjoyable role of his. I'm not going to say it's his best job acting or anything like that. But this character was absolutely hysterical. Yeah. The, what What were you thinking, since you had never seen this movie until today, what did you think when Bill Paxton started doing his little shtick? He was so good. I mean, it's it's
1: as an adult. I'm I bet like I'm curious what your like kid reaction was. But as an adult, you know immediately that he's full of shit. Like mm-hmm. before they even, um, you know, before they even kind of. Show that he is, you could just tell, like, oh, this dude is not a secret agent He's at a all. Snake oil yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was so funny and believable. He reminded me a lot of Lester Diamond from uh, casino, um, mm-hmm. that kind of James Woods character, kind of the same idea, uh, smarmy, snaky, yeah, like kind of guy. Um, but I, I loved him, he was so funny.
0: Yeah, I couldn't tell you what my initial impression was of him, but he was absolutely hysterical.
1: Yeah, I love when that he's basically taking credit for the things that Arnold Schwarzenegger has done as a spy, <laughs> and, he, and he's like, and the time like, I, I kind of like this guy. <laughs>
0: we we, oh, we still gotta kill him though. Yeah,
2: yeah, we're still going to kill him. <laughs> that was great. So how
0: about you, um, that Simon character, Don?
2: I loved him. I, again, like this movie was, I loved it the whole way through, and I think everyone's really funny in it. Like that's the thing. It's uh, I forgot how humorous this movie was like it's it's more comedic in tone right mm-hmm. but still like an action movie i forgot all about that for some reason like i only remember bits and pieces but yeah from i, I forgot bill paxton was even in this <laughs> but him playing like this you know and then i think um arnold gets in the car with him right and they have like a they're like speeding off together or something because he's like trying to get the whole spiel and the uh mm-hmm. you know the the, the, the elevator pitch <laughs> and like arnold's just like that much closer to snapping on him <laughs> the more he hears <laughs> yeah
1: yeah he's so good yeah. yeah, yeah yeah the ending where they're like gonna they, they think he's gonna kill him and he's like peeing
0: himself <laughs> 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 please don't kill me <laughs> yeah so like i said it does have a lot of my personal favorites from there i do think that the the intro with the whole plot that sets off the the terrorist plot where you meet mm-hmm. tia carrera another one of my favorites from that era
1: yeah dude it's like two for two and you know you're uh
0: oh yeah between, well loves. i mean between twins and last action i mean i'm sorry uh true lies like we got tia carrera kelly preston and jamie <laughs> lee, lee curtis. curtis yeah which if you've never seen this movie um and so you've never seen the scene with jamie lee curtis in the hotel it's something
1: <laughs> yeah you know what's funny about that scene is when i just I remember as a kid hearing about that scene and people saying like how great uh, Jamie Lee Curtis looked for her age, and she looks amazing no matter what age. But then I went and looked it up today because I was like, I, I remember hearing people like, "Oh man, for her age, she looks great." She was like thirty five.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> the nineties was a time where they thought you know they didn't think so highly of women. Unfortunately, like thirty five was oh. old, was ancient. It I, was, I think
0: it's just like a, she has one of those faces that she could be any age.
1: I mean, she started acting pretty. She young. started
0: exactly. She was in like yeah, Halloween I mean,
1: was in the 70s 77 or something yeah, yeah. Halloween was yeah. 77, 78. 77 Yeah, and yeah. she had been movie, doing movies steadily since then So, mm-hmm. but still it was just so funny that like this scene where she does look incredibly like her, her you know she looks great but it's just so funny that like everybody's like wow what a what, what a transformation for her age yeah. to look like she that she took it's her like shoulder
2: pads off for this one <laughs> 35
1: <laughs> they do do a good job too in the movie of making her look as unattractive as you could for Jamie Lee Curtis throughout the first part before that scene and then when she does that scene
0: and she, you're like, oh yeah, right. Yeah, the the <laughs> dress that she walks in with, how ridiculous! Yeah, it did didn't that? look sexy at all. The, it all the, the little poofs that were on there, and and until she finally tears it off, and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, th- now you can see a little bit more of her. And yeah. then when she has to take that off, you're just absolutely floored by how she looks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then that whole that whole scene <clears throat> with the terrorists that come in and abduct them. Now we were talking about this on the way over here. She is put in this position where she has to go and and dance for some possible arms dealer, and it's actually just Arnold. He's just just doing this because his wife wants a thrill, and that's why she was involved with Simon. Had nothing to do with being attracted to him.
1: Yeah, he somehow thinks that doing this will get her to... Be okay with you know, scarcity or hunger?
0: Yeah, absolutely <clears throat> insane.
2: Which yeah, is got like the spy version of the talk boy.
1: Look, when I, yeah, when I, yeah, he does. When I, uh, when I talked about how him, be, him being unlikable, this scene is basically him at his most
2: unlikable. Yeah, where I'm highly like, manipulative.
1: Yeah, you know. and just terrible. highly illegal. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, using like government assets to basically fool your wife, <laughs> like yeah, for into, personal matters, into
2: doing
0: terrible things <laughs> and know? abducting a used car salesman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um I we were, I was saying that our Harry Stamper should count himself lucky that those terrorists burst into the hotel room and abducted them. Because if not, he was heading straight for divorce court. There's no way she doesn't divorce
1: him after that. Mm-hmm. My, I watched this with my wife, and the whole time she's like, I would be so angry if you, any, if anybody had done this, what, did what yeah, he's this doing. This
2: movie is very much, you have to suspend your disbelief because it's it's Well, for it's a just, lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah. A lot of reasons. But it's like a lot, you know, most movies you should. This one especially, because it's just, there's a lot of things that may not make sense, but it's also just, it culminates because it's an action movie. hmm
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Any and, uh, scenes
1: that you. Yeah, seen? I was
0: literally just about to ask any particular favorite scenes.
1: Yeah, my, my favorite scene was where he's chasing. Is it Fial? What's the name of the bad guy? I don't remember the Abu, name. Abu. A-
0: a- Aziz Abu Aziz, something like that. Yeah, Salim Abu
2: Aziz. Okay,
1: Aziz. Yeah, I think Fial is like his partner, actually. Uh, but anyway, he's chasing uh, Aziz and his like henchmen. And eventually Aziz gets on this like motorcycle. So then Arnold like commandeers a horse. And he has this crazy horse motorcycle chase. Yeah, it's and the great. best. Yeah, and it's really funny. And like poor horse man, it's getting worked like a dog there. But uh, my favorite part is they—the motorcycle goes in one elevator. So then Arnold takes his horse into the other elevator, and he's going up. And like the old lady's like. Say something. To, there's like these two old, this old couple on there, mm-hmm. and the old lady's telling the old man like, "Say something." And so he leans over to Arnold and goes like, "It's a fine animal you have this." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then like the really funny part that got because it's just so ridiculous. They get to the roof of this hotel on on these elevators, and um, the guy on the motorcycle he decides that he's going to jump from the the roof here and he so he drives a motorcycle off the roof into this pool that's like what 200 feet below it's pretty, on another building you,
2: it's something far enough where you wouldn't survive so, so it looked it looked
1: improbable for this motorcycle to do and we we're like okay I, I guess i'm i guess spend my disbelief he landed in water blah 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 you know who knows whatever but the thing that really is so funny is Arnold gets up there with his horse, and then you see that look in Arnold's eyes, and he's like, oh, he's going to try and jump this horse into the pool. And so the whole time, you're like, no way. And I remember... Both my wife and I at the same time went, No way is he gonna jump this horse over the-. And of course, he gets right to the edge and the horse stops immediately and he falls off the he goes, ass over teakettle Kettle over the horse, which is so funny. Because I was like, Good job, horse. Yeah, heck no, you're not doing that. There's
0: not a chance that he was gonna clear a street.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was gonna fall. To- it was it reminded me of the other guys because was- the, like, the, the motorcycle yeah. jumped
0: across the street to the pool. Yeah,
1: it was across an entire like uh four lane. L.A. kind of street, you know? That like, had like it'd be multiple... one thing if he,
0: if he was going straight down. Yeah. And then, okay, maybe he's going to do this to the horse, which would be awful. Yeah. Why would you even think, consider this that? poor animal. But, yeah, but the horse there's no like, way no. That, lo- that horse is going to propel itself across the street <laughs> yeah. and into that it. pool. Even if
1: Arnold didn't know it, it knew it. And it was like, there's no possible. And that was great because in a normal action movie that he would do that. And the horse would, you know, but this, <laughs> yeah, one was, this was made in the eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, the clearing that, he's clearing that building. Yeah. 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 So that was great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, scene.
0: That, that is a great scene. I also love that. It's one part of like a running gag in the movie of all the times that Harry's having to say, sorry, sorry. Like he's just constantly apologizing, whether it's him on a horse, him on a Harrier jet, him to his wife, which he doesn't say nearly enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> He's, Always saying sorry—it's basically his catchphrase in this movie. Yep. How about you, Don? Favorite scene?
2: Uh, I love the whole ending sequence with the the Harrier jet and the big highway chase. So like cool. it is James it is signature James Cameron in every sense of the word in this action movie. Uh, I, that probably definitely do remember because I feel like that's one thing. If you haven't seen this movie in, in decades, you'll probably remember the Harrier and like everything with involving Arnold and his daughter and the helicopter and the helicopter. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it is just an awesome sequence at the end of the top office this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think. You know th- like it, it, everything's so over the top but it's like it's perfect that the name is is, uh, is uh, oxymoronic as it is with true lies like everything in here is a lie but it's like yeah a true lie but it's just also just re- nonsense at the same time
1: shout out young eliza dushku as his uh daughter in that movie it was like i i would never seen her that young in a movie i didn't realize that she it might be started. one of her first ones i guess it wasn't yeah. her I, w- I looked it up or later it wasn't like her first role but it was one of her first movie roles mm-hmm. but it was really cool to see i was like oh wow she's in his too.
0: Yeah. his I would say my favorite scene is probably when, after Arnold takes the most well-deserved punch to the face from his wife. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, when that happened, the the punch to the face, I was like, good. Yeah. That was, he deserved so much worse. Probably deserved that five years ago. Yep. (laughs) My favorite scene, though, is when they're tied up and they're going to be tortured. For, they were specifically going to torture Harry, presumably because they don't know exactly what government agency mm-hmm. he works for. And before they torture him, they they fill him full of sodium pentothal or, or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's
2: sodium pentothal. He calls it something else. They called it something else, yeah.
0: sodium something else. But it's yeah. basically a yeah, truth serum. Yeah. So Arnold has got this like woozy expression, and now he's forced to be honest. And so that that results in his wife asking, "Are they gonna kill us?" Yep, mm-hmm. and and basically, and then he f- like fully explains in detail how they're probably gonna die. And, but then the the guy who's gonna torture them shows up and uh, he asks, "Is there's anything he'd like to know?" And he says, "Oh, well, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna kill you soon." And then he explains how he's gonna do it. When he fully explains how he does it, deadpan. And the guy looks at him like laughing because he's all he's handcuffed together. He's not moving like, well, how are you going to do that? And he says, my handcuffs, I picked them. Mm -hmm. And then he just immediately grabs them, uses them as a human shield, grabs the knife on the table to kill the other guy in the room and then breaks his neck like he said he was going to do. Mm -hmm. That entire scene for me was amazing. You know, it's great.
1: Uh, that, that is such an amazing scene. I love that. Uh, you know, what's great after that, too, is when Jamie Lee Curtis has the Uzi and she <laughs> fires it and it yeah. falls out of her hands. And then so what, to set the scene up for people who haven't seen it, Jamie Lee Curtis is on the top of the stairwell and there's a bunch like eight or nine guys below her all with guns. So she's she takes her like chance to grab this Uzi and she's going to fire it at this guy. And the second she fires it, the recoil blasts it out of her hands. And then the Uzi starts uh, tripping down the stairs in front of her, and uh, and it's going like uh, like a circular like a motion, slinky. yeah. And it's firing the whole time, and just miraculously, it's hitting every single guy on the, below the stairwell, missing her each time, missing Arnold every time, but always hitting these guys. And like eight guys, I think, end up getting killed by that. it. Was
0: like almost like a dozen. Yeah, like <laughs> uh, ridiculous. She was. She got really close to hit to Arnold's kill count. And yeah. that one scene, yeah,
1: yeah, like, <laughs> that was crazy. It just kept full, and and it goes on for like a minute and a half. It's nah, a it's long
0: that long, but it does take a it's, while. It's long and it's slow. It's, it's crazy slow motion.
1: It's like ba ba ba, like over and over. It's and that so nervous funny.
0: look on her face and the way she's recoiling. Like yeah, it's. So I just funny. love it because it's it is set up to where she's just gonna. She's gonna use this Uzi, and and everything's gonna go perfectly. Like yeah. she looks stoic as she does it, and as soon as she pulls the trigger, that recoil just takes it's over. So funny! That <laughs> thing is so fun. It was so
2: funny. I think that's exactly why you have to, you know, kind of go in this movie expecting sort of an action comedy because it's you may expect like a pure action movie, and it's kind of that, but it's also just. A lot of nonsense at the same time. It's almost like a James Cameron's James Bond movie or something.
1: Yeah, well, like a Mission Impossible. Because yeah. you're right, Like the, especially the beginning scene is basically Mission Impossible. Like the setup and everything. If Arnold had a different face on it and took it off at some point, it would be Mission Impossible. Yeah, yet.
2: he pulls it off. It's actually Tom Cruise or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, that would
0: be great. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, great movie. Uh, great performance from Arnold Schwarzenegger. A very capable... A co-lead performance with Jamie Lee Curtis. I cannot recommend this movie enough. I watched it again yesterday and at the end like as soon as the end credits are rolling and they're tangoing together mm-hmm. now she has now joined him as an agent which I thought was great. Uh, yeah, it's silly. like her training like, exercise all of a sudden. silly yeah. but yes. They kind of set it up though a little bit with her capabilities of, of being manipulative and deceptive because there was the whole scene earlier on where uh, he asked her what, what she was doing today. And she makes up this very
1: mm-hmm, the sounds
0: like a doldrum type of story that you would have at work all on the spot and was completely convincing while doing so. Yeah. Well, and she uh, got taught by the secret agent Exactly. That she she, she'd been getting gaslit for the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But man. yeah, if you've not seen this movie, you can now get it for streaming. And it is absolutely worth the watch. The funniest good action movie that i've probably seen in my life
1: yeah it's a great action comedy like mm-hmm. one of the better Absolutely. One, because it's still cameron doing an action movie at mm-hmm. the end of the day so it's all you know the rock and all of those movies that uh that you've seen like Cam- or no, he didn't do the rock but it's so you know what i'm saying like those yeah, terminator the, the, two like yeah it's
2: it's where it's it's like the most non-james cameron movie but it's a james cameron movie it's weird yeah
1: yeah
0: Yep. The only thing that's uh, James Cameron about it for me was just that, you know, the exceedingly strong female protagonist and And Bill Paxton. Yeah. And Bill Paxton. (laughs) Other than that, it looked like he just had a blast making this movie. Just like, I have a blast watching it. Yeah. Yeah. First
1: uh, $100 million movie ever made. Oh wow. Really? Yep. That's wow! Yep, it was the first hundred million. Well, I wish that
2: was Arnold's budget, like twenty million. I don't know, or something. I, but it, it made
1: over five hundred sixty-eight million. So it, it, you know, it crushed. I uh, do
0: believe it is his second highest-grossing movie of all time, behind would make Terminator sense. Two. Yeah,
1: first hundred-dollar movie, hundred million dollars, which mm-hmm. is funny because that's like the norm for an action movie Well, now it's days. a failure
2: if it doesn't hit that
1: well a hundred million dollars
2: budget oh budget budget was
1: the first hundred million dollar budgeted movie um and yeah now i feel well, like still the norm actually yeah no, no, that's what i'm saying <laughs> i feel like action movies now if they're not a yeah. hundred million dollar budgets you're like wow like the creator you know like wow you were able to make that off of mm-hmm. not a hundred million dollars or you
2: see things where it's like you spend 150 million on this yeah yeah and exactly. they had a hundred million true lies money what happened yeah
1: exactly exactly so that's crazy yeah it's crazy that it was the first one
0: Alright. Well, guys, I think we can go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, you viewers, sorry, listeners, yeah. listeners, one day, one day, they will be viewers and then probably immediately turn it off when you have to look at us. Uh, one thing I was going to ask, and we, this is like, not so much detail,
1: just more curious for you guys. What other Arnold movies would you might want to recommend to people who haven't? I know we're going to do a whole thing on Terminator so we don't have to do that. Yeah, but,
2: yeah, let's go ahead and do that now.
1: But, but I'm I'm curious like what kind of what other movies would you guys recommend that you there's haven't
2: seen? The Running Man? Yep. Fantastic. Um there's uh, Total Recall Total Recall uh, I'm going to say My Guilty Pleasure again Jingle all the way <laughs> I think it's a great Christmas movie I don't yeah. care what anyone says Conan uh, Conan The
1: first one especially is really good
2: Yeah uh, uh, I mean there's a there's a ton He yeah. has so many
1: But I, I think those I think Running Man which is a, a Stephen King book uh, mm-hmm. based off a Stephen King book a really good sci-fi movie a, uh, Total Recall which is the glaring omission of this show I would say y- we'll, It we'll was it my number
0: part. two choice Same. behind True Lies mm-hmm. because um, I I do enjoy it more than Twins and Predator. I did watch it again this week too because
1: I, why not? I loved it. I, I, I We'll have to fit it into an episode at some point. I would say it's the movie out of all of the Arnold movies. This is the one I would want to talk about the most. Though the all there's a lot of them. Do you talk about Kindergarten Cop? I was oh yeah I meant, I meant to mention that yeah absolutely
2: I love Kindergarten Cop Me
1: too I yeah. love that movie um so yeah he's he had a really amazing career He had an incredible
0: run until the late 90s yeah, Basically until True Lies Yeah until he became a governor essentially Yeah But yeah, yeah. True Lies was when he was like was the str- undisputed box office draw king yeah, it's and high then after watermelon. that, it was like, yeah, he's still going to make successful movies. He did, but it's not an event. No, it was an event for True Lies.
1: Yeah, because there's movies after that, are like Eraser, which isn't very good. The I was gonna, ma- I was,
2: I was just about to mention Eraser because I remember seeing that back then, and I'm curious now if it's any good because I, I think I liked it. But I know yeah. it wasn't a great Vanessa movie at the Williams. Time. I think is the I think the protagonist, that was there,
1: the yeah. female protagonist in it. Um, and then Six Days, and then oh, the Six Days. I yeah, did like that there. one back mm-hmm.
2: then. Yeah, I know yeah. that's not a great sci fi movie either, but I enjoyed it enough yeah. back then. Yeah, You also
1: had that one. I can't remember where he has to like, like fight the devil. Uh, um, that was End of Days. End of Days. Days. I like that name. at the time. The Game second
0: movies. movie of his with Guns N' Roses on the soundtrack. That's mm-hmm. right.
1: That's right. Um, but yeah, so he had he had a bit of a career after before he went to become a governor. But you're right that True Lies was his high water mark. That was him.
0: Yeah, that was his send off. Planet of Hollywood <laughs> was coming right right around oh, that yeah, time. You that's know. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah, but. Um, those are all great movies, like especially you know Total Recall is probably the one that I think we, we wish we would have talked
0: about the most because it. Has. Yeah, if only someone had picked that. Uh, but because uh, well, uh. you were talking about your and honestly, as much
1: as I love Total Recall, Twins is just one of those movies that I can watch it anytime at any point and I love it. And it has such a big, strong part of my childhood in it, and I remember, like, I remember exactly what I was doing when I was watching it. And I still think it holds up. I still think it's a funny movie today. Well,
2: and also that also shows us how how much we struggle with picking a movie that we love the most, right? Yeah, you could. We could do a whole second episode on another three Arnold movies. Yeah. that are just as great, right? So I could talk about Conan. For yeah, life. right. <laughs> so there, that's the, for us, maybe because we grew up with him as well. But there's like a ton of movies we could make, do a whole series on him. Well, we were
1: alone. we were the perfect age for Arnold right? Because yeah. we were eight, well I mean bit. obviously the 80s was a bit but we got all of that on VHS and then we got all of these other movies coming around around when we were 9, 10, 11 years yeah. old when you're starting to watch those kind of movies again.
0: Yeah, this that's why I was always giving you a hard time for not seeing True Lies and you turn around and say, well you hadn't seen Bloodsport and I'm like, yeah, well Mike, Jean-Claude Van Damme was not the biggest action uh, movie star on the planet and Bloodsport was not a movie event that came out at a formative year of,
1: of our youth, was that the first R-rated movie you saw in theaters? No,
0: no, Rising Sun. Rising Sun. Oh, is yeah, that with Wesley, Wesley Snipes, Snipes and oh, Sean Connery. Heck yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there was some full male nudity, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> what like, was your What was your first R-rated movie?
2: <laughs> I don't remember because because my parents didn't uh, they didn't like going to the theater much at all. So we went with um, a friend of the family who took us to, like anime movies. I don't remember. What, I don't know if it was Spawn. Oh, nice. Maybe I can't remember what first radar movie my, was. My I have to I have to would asked my brother because he probably would remember that right away. Yeah.
1: My first one was Judge Dredd. That was uh, Oh that's a great movie yeah, that was okay. R? Yeah. Wow. Uh the, specifically for that one scene where the big robot rips that guy's arms off. Oh, like that yeah. was and there's I like did, a ton of blood I didn't in see
0: it. that one in theaters. I did see Demolition Man in oh, theaters. That would have been which great is a to see. much better movie. Oh, hundred percent. But oh, yeah, Judge was, Dredd. Was okay, my I first did see one. Demolition Man before. You I'm saw not, it in theaters? No.
2: I don't remember what it was. I'll have to ask Bob. Yeah, we'll but see. yeah,
0: that was
1: a judge read for me. So Rising Sun, what a, what an interesting R-rated, first R-rated Yeah, what, a,
0: what an interesting way to end our Arnold podcast. <laughs> yeah. Join us next week when we will be discussing the Terminator movies. I can't wait to talk about it. How about you guys? Oh, I can't. I'm bursting at the seams.
2: Terminator 2, my number two favorite movie of all time. I'm ready, Randy.
0: That's a little bit low on that list there. Come with us if you want to live. <laughs> Until next time. Hollywood Video Guys, out.